Heaven's Hope on this edition of Truth in Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth in Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. Well, here it is, the day that we have had circled on the calendar for about 18 months, where today is the day of our annual conference and our pre-conference in Memphis, Tennessee at Bellevue Baptist Church and Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary. And so I'm delighted today that we're going to talk in our pre-conference about human suffering and heaven's hope. So I want to spend just a few minutes talking about my, my goals, my ideas about the pre-conference. I really want us to focus on heaven's hope. I want us to focus on eternal hope. I think one of the things that's happened, at least in the world in which we live in, counseling has taken a a shift secularly, no question about that, in the early part of the 20th century. And that shift really took focus on earthly remedies. So I think it's incumbent upon us in the biblical counseling movement to make sure that we stand firm in our Christian convictions and that we not allow earthly remedies to satisfy what we pursue when we try to help people through their human suffering. I think it's important that we first identify human suffering is real in a lot of different ways, in a lot of different forms, sometimes because of the consequences of personal sin, and, and we all are unfortunately very familiar with, with the consequences of our own personal sin. The strife, the difficulty uh, uh, that increases in our life, the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. All of us are very familiar with that, even experientially, that our transgressions, our iniquities, our sins uh, complicate life. They make life more complex. They make life more difficult, more muddy. We experience problems because of that. It's very obvious. But also when we talk about human suffering, I would describe the corporate effects of sin, the ways in which the world is cursed because of sin. And this is the effects that it has on us relative to our bodies decaying. And we could talk about a thousand different ways in which we see our bodies affected by the curse of sin. What about natural disasters? We could certainly describe the corporate effect of sin on the curse of the world. Remember, the Bible says that the the earth, the creation is groaning. Why? Because of the curse of sin. They're groaning for the time at which we would see redemption. And not only in natural disaster, which certainly affects us and and can be even fatal for some, which affects us in all sorts of ways, we have consequences that come from the impact of true human suffering. But even in something as mundane and normal as someone offending us, that's because of the corporate effect of sin and someone's personal sin upon us. We may not be responsible for that event happening to us, but we are responsible to respond. And counseling issues, that's really the crossroad at which counseling issues meet, is when we employ some sort of method of counseling, uh, method of help, method of hope, what we're doing is we're, we're trying to find where those problems exist in life and how we can help people. So when we think about biblical counseling, I, I think it's crucial that we once again return back to a biblical focus of hope, a biblical focus of what is helpful for a person, even dealing with deep, consequential human suffering. 
You see, if we were to contrast this with the world, what we see consistently in secular ways of thinking and counseling is we see a, a quick desire to just alleviate symptoms. Now, there's nothing wrong with that on the surface. I don't know about you, but I don't enjoy feeling sadness and darkness. I don't enjoy feeling worrisome and anxious. Uh, it's not something I enjoy. Maybe we should question whether I enjoy it as to how much we all experience it. But the reality is that we experience anxiety frequently. We, ex- we experience uh, depressive feelings consistently. Uh, there's a reason in the Bible where, uh, where Jesus tells us not to worry about tomorrow is because worrying about tomorrow is quite common. Th- there's a reason that the Apostle Paul says to be anxious for nothing is because in life there are a lot of opportunities to be anxious. So, so we understand that it's common. And, and this, this is where counseling meets life is counseling is trying to employ a way that we alleviate those types of, of symptoms, those feelings that are, that are definitely unwanted. But what we see happening in the secular world, if we were to study the way secularists and integrationists try to employ counseling methodology, uh, what's focused on is primarily the alleviation of these unwanted symptoms, whether it be behaviors or emotions. What we see is a superficial approach, at least from my perspective, a superficial approach that's satisfied with alleviating symptoms in the temporal realm. And what I fear has happened, even in biblical counseling, is uh, we have a tendency to, to drift into that direction to where we make that our primary aim, where what we want to see or we feel the pressure to do to make counseling successful is that we have to alleviate those initial symptoms to make us valid, to make us relevant in the discussion of counseling at large. I think we need to be very cautious here. One of the things that I've seen that's quite troublesome to me is the way in which we succumb to that mentality, where we settle for the search, even try to use the Scriptures to accomplish immediate alleviation of symptoms of human suffering. Now, I'm not saying that's not a desire. We certainly want that. But we see that there's a distinct means at which that's accomplished. There's a distinct way, the Bible says, that we, we run toward peace, and it doesn't have an earthly means. It doesn't have a temporal solution where we're placing our hope in something temporal because we all know that that thing's going to fade away and then we lose our hope. Hope becomes fickle if we're trusting in those things. Even if in the immediate a person feels better and that symptom's alleviated, it's based upon a false hope. And so in biblical counseling, I think we need to be unashamed about this. And in the world in which we live, which is very scientifically driven, uh, and it's very averse to faith. It's very averse to, to seeing things with supernatural eyes and hoping in what's to come. It, it makes us feel like, oh, that's too simplistic. Oh, that's not relevant in the world in which we live today. Can I tell you one of the, the bedrocks of biblical counseling is that we focus on eternal hope, that, that we focus on heaven's hope that's to come even in immediate human suffering. If I were to just get you to, to take a, a cursory glance at the writings of Paul, it's interesting to see that the way in which Paul talks about uh, the, the sufferings of people in this present age, Peter does the same. The sufferings of people in this present age, James does the same. With the sufferings of people in the here and now, in their daily life, what they consistently appeal to is what Jesus will do when he comes back for the sake of redeeming man. Now, this is beautiful because this is distinctly Christian. 
This is distinctly biblical at what Paul utilizes to say what provides peace in the here and now. It doesn't change circumstances. My hope is not built based on these circumstances changing. My hope is built upon the sure foundation that Christ is returning to make all things new. Even Paul within himself, uh, we see this appeal from him regularly, where what he's longing for, what he's hoping for, is the blessed or glorious appearing of the Lord Jesus. And you know what he knows? What he knows at that moment is that uh, all the persecution that he's endured, the thorn in the flesh that he's had to endure as well, have been a demonstration of his weakness that he's had to live with consistently, trusting day by day in the sufficient grace of the Lord to provide for each day, that through that he could still be joyous. He could still rejoice and have hope. And that what he would look forward to is the day in Revelation 21.5 where Jesus would come back and make all things new, all that was broken, all that's torn down, all the suffering that we endure, all the environmental distress that we encounter on a daily basis, Jesus is coming back. And in Jesus is coming back, he will make all that's broken renewed. Now, this is a beautiful hope. And I think it's one, I call it eschatological hope frequently. I think it's one that needs to be an anchor for us in biblical counseling. We need to be unashamed to describe that we look toward a future hope. We know this world is broken. And in it, as Jesus says, we will have trouble. So one of the things that I really wanted to accomplish in us addressing an issue like this in a pre-conference setting is that we once again renew our commitment and our hope, not being in earthly things, not being satisfied by the things that are temporal that, that wet our palate immediately, but that our hope comes from things that are immaterial, invisible, and eternal. You see, that's a part of the paradox of what it means to walk in the Christian life, is even though we experience uh, life in the flesh, even though we experience difficulty in the flesh, in our behaviors, in our emotions, in all that's broken around us, where our hope lies is in that which is to come. And so unashamedly that we would once again, in our biblical counseling methodology, our technique, what we hope in, what we press people to hope in, is that we can see symptom alleviation but we see it by the means of securing our inner man, that as our outer man is wasting away, we see the inner man being renewed by faith in what's to come, that Jesus will be strong in all of our weakness, and that that brings us comfort, and that Jesus being strong in our weakness is a demonstration, a shadow, a foreshadowing of what's to come, that when he comes back, he will make all things new. That's what we're aiming at. We, we want to be able to long once again, meditate once again on heaven, that this life, the Bible says, is a vapor and all of its difficulties will pass away, and that with the hope that's to come, we can be secure now, that our life is not determined or at the mercies of our experiences. Our life is determined by our security in the Savior who is raised from the dead and who the Bible promises is coming once again, to return for us, to redeem us in full, both body and soul, where we will spend an eternity with him forever in paradise. So if we think about it in those terms, man, we begin to see not superficial remedies that we need to replace on a consistent basis, but a complete renewal of the mind where our hope is fixed, as Paul would encourage us on things above, things that are to come, the promises that are sure in Christ. 
So let me encourage you that in the weeks to come on our website, you will find uh, the audio and the video for our pre-conference where we discuss this very topic, human suffering in very real terms and heaven's hope. We're going to provide resources that will be an encouragement to you where we recalibrate ourselves to a biblical orientation of how we provide eternal hope that's lasting hope that overcomes the mundaneness and the difficulty, the depth of difficulty in human life. Can I also mention to you uh, one very exciting thing for us at this year's annual conference, which will begin tonight at our first plenary session and go throughout our conference is our live stream option. What you can do is go to our homepage, biblicalcounseling.com, and it will be very clear there. There'll be a button that you can click on and you can join us for the plenary sessions for our live stream. In our annual conference, we're discussing the issue of suicide, self-harm in the scripture. I think in today's time, you'll recognize that this is a very relevant topic, and we want to address the topic with grace, with humility, but with the wisdom that comes from Scripture, that we make sure that we secure our hope in its proper place, that we're leaning in our brokenness on the correct leaning post, as Hebrews 6 would describe the correct anchor. Our souls would be anchored in Christ. So let me encourage you to visit our website, biblicalcounseling.com, and join us for our conference via live stream. We'd love to have you join us for those plenary sessions. You're listening to Truth in Love, a podcast of ACBC. If you want more information about our pre-conference, our annual conference, and the live stream that I just mentioned, you can visit us at biblicalcounseling.com.